Welcome to our online messages. Today our worship director, Chris Bybee, shares from the book of Acts, chapter 18. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Chris Spivey. I'm the worship director here. I'm usually on this one, but today I get the honor to share with you from God's Word. Wow, it's going to be fun. But first off, I'd like to thank uh, my good friend uh, Bryce. You see, uh, Bryce and I, we've known each other for uh, about a decade now or a little bit more. Uh, we first met when we went to Corbin University, and uh, I, at the time, I was, I was 24, I was married, uh, Tasha and I had had Caden, and uh, we were expecting Trent. So in, in college uh, years, I was old. <laughs> the rest of the kids, and I say kids, but uh, the rest of the people in my major were, you know, 18, 19 there was one, this one girl, I remember her, she graduated at 17. So Bryce gave me the affectionate name, Papa Bear Spivey. And I, Bryce, thank you for leading us again in worship this morning um, with our team. There was one, one instance that happened that made me feel a little bit more like Papa Bear Spivey. And um, Bryce and I, we, we served together on the, the Corbin Chapel team, the leadership team. And every Monday we'd meet over a meal and we'd talk about well, chapels that are coming up, music that we want to use and stuff like that. But there was one evening that sticks out in my mind. You see, dads, all dads out there know that once we have children, that our vocabulary changes a little bit, right? Because blankets become binkies, and the bathroom becomes a potty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, sometimes, without thinking about it, our dad vocabulary slips into adult conversations, right? Well, there was one evening that that happened, and I'd like to introduce you to a, a friend of ours who served on the Corbin Chapel Committee with us, too. Uh, his name is uh, Spencer, and what you need to know about Spencer is this guy had the most eclectic, extensive collection of pajama pants. <laughs> and I, we only know that, too, because that's the only thing that he wore all four years at Corbin Except for when we had to wear our choir tuxes, although I imagine he wanted to wear his pajama pants. But so we're sitting around this Monday evening around the table, all the leaders, and Spencer walks up, and without thinking, my dad vocabulary, my dad lingo just popped through. And Spencer's walking up, and I just look at him and say, Spencer. I really like your nine-night pants. <laughs> and then somebody right across the, the table just goes, Wait, did you just say nine-night pants? <laughs> then I realized what had happened. I just kind of facepalmed and yeah, just, just own it, Chris. Just own it. There was a hush over the crowd, and then it just erupted into laughter. And <laughs> I may or may not have been asked later that night, hey, Chris, uh... What do you call this? Is this food? 
or is it num-nums? Can you help me get the airplane in the hangar? Yeah, it's okay. So I, I, I say that to say if any of my dad lingo pops up this morning, uh, you know why, because I've had over a decade of blankets, binkies, diapies, and yes, this is the proper way to say it if you're three years old, biscetti. I don't know how biscetti is going to work its way into the message other than the way it already has, but if it comes up, that's the reason why. But one of the things that I've, I've learned is life is very seasonal. Bryce even just kind of talked about this. There are seasons that happen in our lives. I certainly was in a different season than everybody else around that table, for sure. The night of the night-night pants incident, which I probably shouldn't say like that. That sounds like something else. You got it. There you go. Life is seasonal, and in each season, God is working in us. God is working in us to do something greater through us. And if you're here, and if you're breathing, God is not done with you. Right? If you're here and you're not breathing, we need to call a doctor. But let's do this. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, God's not done with me. One of my favorite Bible verses I shared a couple weeks ago comes from uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6. And it says this, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Now, Paul was writing this to the church of Philippi, but I really love it because it reminds me that God, like the believers Paul was writing to, is not done with me. He is, he's working in me because he wants to do greater things through me. And that's why I, I put it right here in my arm because I, I'm, I'm a forgetful person. That's why I have some of these bands, like God's got this, to pray for Sierra Leone and to remind myself that faith over fear I'm a forgetful person because I, I forget what the hamper's for all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> but go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 18. This is on page 927 in the Bible in front of you. And we're going to work through this a little bit here, but the first part of this chapter, we're learning that Paul is on his way um, all the way back to Antioch. He, he's finishing up his uh, second missionary journey. And as he's going back, he stops in this place called Corinth, where there he meets these two people, Priscilla and Aquila. They are two tent makers that were forced out of Rome because the emperor said, hey, you guys, all Jews must leave. And they probably thought that that would have been bad for their health if they stayed. But Paul's there, and since he's a tent maker as well, he starts working with them. And also at the same time, he, he's preaching to the Jews. Hey, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. And he's trying to reason with them through Scripture, but they're having none of it. They're making fun of him. They're reviling him. And so eventually he gets really upset and just says, all right, your, your blood be on your own heads. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. Well, he cools off just a little bit later, 
because after in Corinth, we find that he works his way over to Ephesus. And Priscilla and Aquila actually go, go with him there, and he does the same thing he's been doing. He goes to the Jews, and he says, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Now, Paul continues on his way uh, to Antioch, but Priscilla and Aquila stay there. And so we pick it up at verse 24. Go ahead and look at verse 24 here. Now, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures, and had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. Though he only knew of the baptism of John, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And he wished to cross to Achaia. And the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. So who was this guy? This is the first time we're actually introduced to this guy, Apollos. Well, we learn and find out in verse 24 that he is a Jew from Alexandria. And this time, Alexandria was one of the three top learning centers of the world. You would have learned, been able to learn Greek, Hebrew, philosophy, mathematics. So we can draw the conclusion that this guy, Apollos, was very well educated. Because in verse 24, it says that he was eloquent and that he was competent. In verse 25, we find out that he was instructed in the way of the Lord. So he would have had a knowledge of the Old Testament law, practices, ceremonies. But it also says, too, that he was able to speak accurately about Jesus. A follower of John the Baptist. So he would have known that John was teaching that Jesus is the Messiah. That John was teaching the repentance of sins. Just to give you a little picture of where we would be here. So Alexandria is right down here. And it's just right, right across from Jerusalem. We don't know if Apollos spent any time in Jerusalem. It's just not in the text. We don't know if he Ubered back and forth. You know, just to catch up with John. Be like, hey, what's the new teaching? We don't. But we catch up with him when he's uh, on his way to, uh, he's in his Ephesus right now. And we don't know why he made his way to Ephesus. It's just not there. Could have been that there's like a new in and out. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go check that out. Kaiser Station, guys, a few months away. All right. Uh, I heard an amen. That's rude. <laughs> but here we see this guy. He has, using all of his accumulated knowledge, to the best of his ability, and most accurately trying to preach about Jesus. You see, God was doing something in him to do something greater through him. And he was doing that through his word. And here's the thing. Like Apollos, each and every one of us have specific giftings. Some of us bake. Some of us play music. You fill in the blank. But God has given us those specific abilities to do something with them. He's developing us because he wants to do good in us to do greater things through us. Which leads me to my first point. It's, it's simple, yet it's somewhat profound, is that 
God develops me through his word. Now, let's be honest. There's a lot of times where we don't treat the word like the treasure that it actually is. I know I'm guilty of that, and I know I'm not the only one. I know that there are times where I get to the end of the week and I've spent much more time on email or social media and Facebook while his book (laughs) is collecting dust, right? But guys, God's not done with me. He's not done with you. God is working in me to do greater things through me. And he's working in you to do greater things through you. I want to show you a video of these Chinese Christians receiving the word for the first time. I apologize for the poor quality of the video, but as the Bibles were smuggled in, I imagine this video was smuggled out. But I hope, I hope that you are inspired by the way that they look at the word and say, I need that. Let's watch this. This is what we need the most. This book right here is the most important thing on the face of this earth. And I have to pray regularly, Lord, forgive me for not treating this like the treasure it is. This is everything we need for life and righteousness. Second Timothy says this, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be fully and thoroughly equipped for every good work. But before we dive into the word, there's something that we need to do. We need to pray. We need to invite God to the table and have him read it with us. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and reveal things to you. Because he was a part of the writing of this book, I'm pretty sure he could teach us a few things about it, right? Invite him. I've been really encouraged to hear about the men's and women's Bible studies and how they're going. Women are studying, discerning the voice of God from Priscilla Shire, and us men, we're going through the book of James. It's a great book. But one of the things that we've said numerous times throughout our Bible studies is that our goal is not to create scholars. 
That sounds funny. We're, but we're not trying to create scholars. We're kind of trying to develop disciples who develop disciples who develop disciples. Because there are plenty of theology professors who have a great knowledge of what's in this book. But they don't have a heart knowledge of what's in this book. We just sang a song that says, holy, there's no one like you. Open up my eyes and wonder. That's the kind of stuff that we pray before we get into this word. It's not just a catchy tune, but that's a prayer that we should be praying each time we open this up. But we also need to ask ourselves this question. When we open up the book, are we ready to receive it? Are we ready to receive what the Lord is going to do? And when we ask us that question, it's getting our hearts ready, getting the soil ready for the Lord to plant something in there. Pastor Scott has been using these terms. He's been saying, are you here to hear? Are you ready to receive? And you have to ask these questions. I have to ask these questions because we have to get our heart right. Otherwise, when we sit down, we're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta read my, my daily devotional today. It's like taking a vitamin. Something you do for your health, but at the same time, <laughs> you may or may, may or may not be working. I don't know. I don't know what kind of vitamins I take. So we have to ask ourselves this question, and, and, and it's on uh, your sermon notes. How receptive am I to hear from God's word? It's evident to me in this text that Apollos was in the scriptures regularly because it says that he was competent in verse 24. Not only that, he had people speaking into his life, teaching him the ways of God. In verse 25, Apollos was ready to receive because he knew the Old Testament, and yet when he heard the teachings of John the Baptist, like other people in the day, he didn't just shove it across. He didn't just say, I don't need to deal with that. But he had a thorough knowledge and a thorough heart knowledge of the scripture to say, this John the Baptist is teaching correctly. He received and believed it. When he learned that Jesus was the Messiah, he received and believed it. God was working in him. He was working good in him to do greater things through him. So let's go back here to verse 26. As God was working in him to do greater things through him, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So what we see here is that God develops us through his word, but he also develops me through his people. Think about this. Just consider this real quick. When Jesus came to earth, he spent time investing and developing into 12 individuals who are the disciples, and they became apostles later. And those apostles invested in and developed in Paul. And Paul invested and developed in Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila then invested in Apollos. So you see here, guys, that people are a part of God's development design. We see this in Hebrews in chapter 10. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Priscilla and Aquila, they heard Paul or Apollos speaking 
boldly and accurately about Jesus. But what they, what they noticed was he had a piece of the picture, but he didn't understand the full breadth of who this Jesus was. So rather than publicly correcting him in front of everybody, what they did was they took the brother aside. They took him aside and explained the ways of God more accurately. They took him aside face to face in love and in grace and told him the whole picture. Face to face in love and in grace. Let's say that together. Face to face in love and in grace. What would it be like if we did that ourselves? It's easy to hide behind an email. It's easy to hide behind a DM, which is uh, millennials speak for direct message, right? Got it right? All right. Cha-ching. Rather than publicly not humiliating him, but correcting him, they took him aside. Some of the translations actually say that they invited him into their home. Sounds a little bit like community group. Now, I don't know what they said to him. It's just not in the text. We don't know what Apollos didn't fully understand about Jesus, but I imagine they could have said something like this. They could have said, hey, Apollos, you know that Jesus you're talking about? He's the son of God, okay? He walked on water. He fed thousands with a couple fish and some loaves of bread. We saw him do this. We heard about him doing this. We saw him. We, we, we heard that he, he rose people from the dead. And he told everybody that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, and they killed him for it. But it doesn't stop there. They buried him. They put him in the grave. They thought it was over. But on that third day, he rose again. There's an amen somewhere for being raised, raised again, right? And because he rose again, here's what we get. We get this immeasurable gift of the Holy Spirit who comes in and lives in you and teaches you. He's a great helper. They could have said something like that. But they probably said something a little bit more like this because Priscilla and Quill have been hanging out with Paul. Paul wrote in the Ephesians, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with us, with him, and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. See, before Priscilla and Aquila met him, Apollos he had an accurate picture of who Jesus was. It just wasn't complete. Now, I am a product of the 80s and 90s. Whoop, whoop. And what kid in the 80s and 90s did not love Ninja Turtles? 
right? Right? I may still like them. There may or may not be two of them in my office as we speak. But imagine that when Apollos was teaching, it was kind of like this, where this is a puzzle that we've had ever since we were little kids. I do not know how it survived all these years. But, and my, my, my kids actually helped me put this together. Not because I needed their help, but to get involved. It was pretty cool. So you could look at this, and I could say, hey, that's Raphael, because he's got the red bandana, and apparently he likes pizza. Looks like he's a turtle. Um, and he may or may not have a rat infestation behind him. But all of that would have been accurate. Just like Apollo says he was teaching about Jesus. It's accurate. But Priscilla and Aquila came to him and said, no, 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 no. The picture is much bigger than what you think. I was expecting a couple ahs, but that, that's okay. No. Yeah, right. I like that. So they came to him and they completed the picture of who Christ was. And then Apollos was like, oh man, this is good stuff. God is doing great things in me to do greater things through me. They came to him face to face in love and in grace and they showed him that the picture is much bigger than what you thought. Now, Apollos, you know, being from an educated society, he could have easily, in his pride, said, uh, you guys are just tent makers. What do you, what do you know? I mean, I, I, I came from Alexandria. It's like the Harvard of places. And, but he said no. In humility, he received and believed what they were saying. Guys, humility is huge. And after... He had this encounter with them. He was filled with the Spirit. And he was just like, yeah, I'm pumped, man. I'm, pumped. I'm jacked in the Spirit. He's like, jacked. Like, I got to go to Akaya. I am jacked in the Spirit. These people need to know. They need to know about Jesus in the complete picture. They're not going to let me talk again in here, are they? God is doing great things in me to do great things to me. He went. That was all right. After he heard this, he was filled with the Spirit, and he said, I want to go to across to Achaia. And the brothers encouraged him and wrote the disciples to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed, and he powerfully refuted the Jews in public showing that through the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. God develops us through his word. He develops us through his people. The question we have to ask is, are we, am I, receptive to development from God's people? Are we humble enough to take the advice to hear the word of the Lord through them? And I'd like to ask you this question, too. What does your community look like? Who are the people that surround you that you allow speak into your life? Because you eventually become like those you surround yourself with. Finally, God develops us through his spirit. He develops me through his spirit. When Jesus died, he did not abandon us. 
Praise the Lord. He did not abandon us. Through the power of the cross and his resurrection, he gives us the greatest gift. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He says this in uh, John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do go away, or do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When you commit your life to Christ, you get the Holy Spirit, who is a teacher, who is a helper, who is a guide in righteousness. Praise the Lord. He speaks in a still small voice, but he is the power of the resurrection. When we're receptive and humble to God's spirit, he works in us and makes us more mature in Christ. I believe in Apollos had an encounter with grace that day because he was ready to receive development. I believe that he received the Holy Spirit that day and when he was given the full picture of Christ and he believed. I believe this because he went from being an accurate teacher to somebody who was a dynamic evangelist going to Achaia, ah, who greatly helped fellow believers and showed through the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. I'm gonna read that again. And when he wished to go to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him. They wrote to the disciples to welcome him, and when he arrived, he greatly helped those who through faith had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public. I'm gonna fast forward here real quick. Write this one down too. This is John 14, 26, where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as well. He says that he's going to teach you all things and remind you of everything he has said. So Apollos, being filled with the Holy Spirit, goes over to Corinth. And we learn in 1 Corinthians that he became a key leader in the church of uh, Corinth. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians numerous times about him. And he says that he was a fellow servant with him in the gospel and that he greatly helped the growth of the church there. God did great things in Apollos to do greater things through him because he was humble. He was ready to receive what the Lord had for him, ready to hear from his spirit. It wasn't for the sake of religion that he did all these things. It was because of his love for the Lord. So I want to ask you this morning, are you receptive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? I think one of the tougher questions that we have to answer too is, do I even want to hear from the Holy Spirit? Because let's face it, uh, sometimes the things of God are inconvenient because we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. So here we are. God develops us through his word, his people, his spirit. And he's working in us to do greater things through us to make disciples, to make his name known. So what does that look like? Not all of us are called to go to Corinth like, like Apollos. Not all of us are even called to be 
public speakers. <laughs> Guys, this is hard. <laughs> Words are difficult. <laughs> God doesn't also call all of us into vocational ministry. So what does this look like? Not all of us even like the same stuff. Some like baseball, some like soccer, some, some like hunting. <laughs> some like underwater basket weaving, if that's a thing. <laughs> Knitting, and they're all great things, but we all don't like the same stuff. And to all the differences and all the ways that, that God has designed each and every one of us, they say, praise the Lord. Do what you do for him and give him the glory because it's due his name. Share Jesus where you are. We have many ministries here at WCC who need people that are gonna say, God is doing great things in me, so I wanna see him do greater things through me, through children's ministry, youth ministry, men's ministry, all the ministries, worship team, welcome team, coffee bar, we need you. It's time to get in the game. God is developing us to get in the game. There are places outside of here that are ministries like Love Inc., Faith Valley Fellowship. You can be a part of and use your special giftings where you're at. You don't have to wait to get to a certain level. God develops you where you're at. Imagine this, if this, a room full of people this size are saying, God's doing great things in me to do greater things through me. Imagine what the Lord could do. He changed the world with a handful of people. Imagine what he could do at our church. Imagine what he could do in our city. Imagine what he could do with the relationships you have. One of my favorite authors is uh, named John Piper, and he wrote a book called Don't Waste Your Life. Uh, it's a pretty poignant title, but he says this, desire that your life count for something great. Long for your life to have eternal significance. Want this. Don't coast through life without a passion. Because the only eternal significance is the gospel of Jesus. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, do it for Jesus. If you're in the Winco parking lot and you see a woman with five kids loading a bunch of food into the car, help her. It's probably my wife. <laughs> or Cyrus's wife. As, uh, well, share Jesus where you're at. It's not about doing more. It's about doing for the Lord. And I'll just share one last story. As, as Pastor Scott and I have been talking about today and the message and everything, uh, he, he walked me through a little bit of my own development. See, I grew up in a house, and the Lord was developing me to do greater things through me because my parents uh, took us to Sunday school every week. And then... They also sacrificed so that we could go to a Christian school, and the Lord was developing me there. 
There was a period where, for four years, where I was commuting from Kaiser out here to San Am Christian. And the Lord had a lot of time for development there with that commute. <laughs> the Lord developed me through my marriage. I have a, a wonderful wife who challenges me to be better for the Lord. I know this because when we first started dating, I, I don't know what we were getting ready for, but she pulled me aside and just looked me in the face and said, um, you know, if Jesus was available, I'd dump you. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> Can't really compete there. It's okay. But he developed me at Corbin University. I threw the Bible teaching in the music program to do greater things through me. And for the last eight years, you all have been a part of my development. It's been a great time. And I want to share this last this story real quick because it's a part of development. It's a part of God doing great things to do greater things. And uh, we were blessed to go on a, a family trip a couple weeks ago. And one of the things when you have a family our size, to save money, we pre-made all of our food. Uh, pre-made it all for the whole week because my parents were going and my sister and her husband and their family. And so we made, pre-made all of our food. We get to the end of our stay and we realize that we've got too much. So because God was doing great things in my wife and doing greater things through her, she had this idea that we've seen a lot of people, homeless people around. What if we share the food with them rather than try and cart it back or throw it away? And I thought, oh, that's a great, that's a great thought. But in my head, I'm thinking, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're, that's the right thing to do. And as I'm approaching this, this gentleman, I, I am just like in vacation mode. I don't even know what's going on. I just say, Lord, you need to have the words because I have no words. I don't know what to say to this guy. I, I, I don't even know if he's going to be in his right mind. But as I walked to him, I met a man named Jason. And we were talking about the things of the Lord just a little bit. And I said, Jason, this food is for your body, but Jesus is food for your soul. And I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see you again this side of eternity, but I'd love to see you in heaven. And all you need to say is, I need Jesus. And as we talked a little bit, that's exactly what he said. He's like, I need Jesus. His daughter, Adriana, came on a little bit later to pick him up. But I just asked him one thing. Jason, will you please, whoever you eats this food, will you please tell them about Jesus? And he said he would. He said he would. And I'm not telling you this story to say, this is a good spivey family story. Great, way to do that. I'm saying, no, this is a good God story. And each and every one of us are called to be somebody's God story. Everybody needs somebody to say, you need Jesus. As I walked away, I, I started tearing up just a little bit because I just was like, I was in this place of wow. Wow, I got to be a part of God's story for this man. 
And that's the way it works. When you get to be a part of someone's God story, it blesses them, it blesses you. God develops us through his word, through his people, and through his spirit. And when we allow and are receptive to that, God's gonna do some greater things. Greater things in our lives, in our relationships, in our church, in the city. But let's face it, guys. Development is scary. (laughs) I did get Caden's permission to show this. So, development is scary. And just to let you know, he did volunteer to ride in that seat. So, it... But it's always for the better. If you have not received the Lord for the first time, don't wait. Don't wait. If you're, you feel like you're stalled in the Lord, don't wait. God's doing great things in you. And he's gonna do greater things through you. And I wanna see this. I wanna see what God does. I wanna sit back and just go, you're amazing. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that, first of all, you just didn't abandon us to the darkness of what sin is. I pray for each and everybody in here that they would be ready to receive the glorious riches of your grace, that we would treat the word like the treasure that it actually is, that we would be receptive to hear from the people of God who are trying to speak into our lives, to develop disciples, and that we develop ears to hear the leanings of your Holy Spirit so we can all develop and see the greater things that you're going to do through us. Lord, this, we just bless your name today. We thank you for Jesus. If you have not received him, all you need to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you rose again. And one day I'm gonna get to be with you. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Jesus Messiah, we bless your name. Amen. Thank you for taking some time to look into God's word with us today. We hope that you are both encouraged and challenged. Join us again next week as we continue our study.